All right, I'm going to have to get used to you guys being here again. <laughs> no, I'm really glad that everybody's here and, and glad to see that there's someone else to be able to talk to. So uh, that's been a good thing. It's really uh, harder when you're looking at the ceiling because the camera's way up there. Uh, this will be much easier. So I'm glad to be back. I'm glad at least part of us are back, and uh, I'm glad some of you are at home, and uh, we're all going to work on this together. Uh, We tried with the music. I wasn't sure how many would be here, and so I thought, well, let's just go ahead and subject you to what we've been having to do this whole time, which is try and figure out when it's going to speed up and when it's going to slow down, and you know, that whole... It's easier if you got somebody up here, so next week we'll start again with some of the kids, and, and then we'll have uh, Mike and some of the other song leaders able to, to lead us in the right way and, and be able to see what we're singing. I think that's going to be much better than uh, this, but we've been experimenting for a long time now, so uh, it just continues a little bit. So I want to talk about what it means to be face-to-face. That's kind of where we are. We're face-to-face with a mask. Uh, not really face-to-face, are we? But there, I think there's maybe some different stages and different levels. I don't know if you've ever been misunderstood about something. There's, email has to be one of the worst things ever. And I can remember at one time sending an email to a guy and, and, you know, okay, I just need him to know this. And so I sent the email, no problem. And I get back this really kind of upsetting email. It's like, well, okay, he obviously just didn't understand what I was trying to tell him. So I explain it to him again and send it to him again. And pretty soon I get back another one in caps. And so now it's like, Okay, well, you missed the point. I, and so I, you know, be very carefully, explain it to him again, and here's what I was really trying to say. I didn't mean what you're thinking I meant. I didn't mean that at all. And so I'm trying to explain it again, and immediately I get back in all caps and red. And at that point I say, just forget it. There is no way to get this message across or, or without seeing someone there. And I think if you see somebody, it is so much easier to read where they are and what they're saying than it is if it's just an email, a text. You don't have any way to understand exactly what they're all about, and so that becomes very, very difficult. I saw this it says, feelings are 55% body language, 38% tone, and 7% words. And so it is important for us in being face-to-face to try to understand each other and try to understand what is being said. And it seems that that's one of the things that's most important in our day and time. And then sometimes it just, it still goes wrong, no matter what you say and no matter how you try and do it. But I think face-to-face may be one of the most important things, and we have trouble with that. We need to be able to see, we need to be able to hear, and we need to be able to communicate. And so sometimes it just doesn't work because everybody's texting, everybody's, you know, we're face-to-face, right? We get together so that we can send a text. Face-to-face is more a description of how close we are. 
of the emotions of how we feel. It's that we care about someone. It's that we want to be close to them. And, and I think that's maybe what's most important about all of this. You guys have been able to see me on video, but I don't see you back. And so it's very, very nice to see you. Uh, can we ever be face-to-face with God? I think that's one of the most important things as we're trying to look at what this means. Well, God has been able to give us things. He has given us all of creation to try and understand who he is. He has given us his word so that we might have a book that we could actually read and has words in it. But do we misunderstand it sometimes? Yeah, I think we do. Do you get the inflection, the emotion of God as he is writing this to you? Do you get the look in his eye? I think sometimes we don't get that. We get the words and we kind of misunderstand what God means, who is the one saying it. I think it's very important for us to be able to draw close to God and to be able to understand God face to face. Well, how does this work? I want to take you back to a time in Exodus where they have come to Mount Sinai and they have come to the place where Moses has gone up on the mountain to get the law and while he's up on the mountain there's been the whole golden calf incident and so, you know, it's kind of gone well, it's kind of gone bad and, and we're kind of picking up the story in the middle. And I want you to see what God tells Moses about this idea of face-to-face. It might be kind of dangerous to see God. So in verse 17, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. And Moses says, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you, my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on who I will show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And so Moses has been asking God to go with them to the land of Canaan. God had been on that track all along, but now with the golden calf incident, God says, I'm not going. You guys are on your own. I'm going to send you off. I'm not going to destroy you, but I'm just going to let you go. And Moses is saying, no, please, I want you to go with us. We need you with us. And so he's appealing for that, and he says, all right, I'm going to go with you because it's you that's asking. And so that's kind of the context of this whole story. And then Moses asks, I want to see your glory. I don't know exactly what Sinai looks, but it's a very, very rugged place, and there's some controversy as where the actual place is. Suffice it to say, Moses is out there by himself. There's a lot of the nation down below, but he has gone up on Mount Sinai to meet with God. And as you look at this, God agrees to go with them, but as Moses asked to see his glory, he said, well, that's not going to happen. 
He says, I will show you the part of me that I can show you. And so I will show you about my grace. I will show you about my mercy. I will show you about my name. I will allow my goodness to pass before you. But you're not going to see my face. He says, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. And you, you can pick out which one on the picture there. Which cleft it is that he actually put him in. He says, I'll go by and you can see the back. Does God have a back? Does he have a face if he's a spirit? I know it gets all confusing, but at some point he says, you can't see me that close face to face. Well, why does he say that? Is it dangerous? Is it difficult? Let's explore that a little bit. This whole idea of being face-to-face with God is, is one of those that we want that closeness. We want to be face-to-face with Him. Let me bring in a couple of other passages. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15 and 16, he says, "...which He will display at the proper time, He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light." whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Well, that's pretty clear. He's talking about God. He will. He is the one and only sovereign, King of kings, Lord of lords. We'll explore this passage a little bit more at another time. But he includes this phrase, whom no one has ever seen or can see. And so what is he talking about this? Nobody's ever seen God or can see God. Um, Okay. Well, it may be because God is so high and God is so holy. I mean, look at the other descriptive words here. He's king of kings, lord of lords. He lives in unapproachable light. I mean, that's, that's pretty big with what he's trying to describe. And so maybe our glasses just don't allow us to see that clearly. And we just can't get the grasp of God. Or maybe it's because God is so holy and we are sinful and we just can't imagine that. We can't even see what we're seeing. Have you ever been in that kind of a situation? You saw it, but you don't know what you saw? Sometimes it's like that in an accident. We literally saw an accident happen in front of us, but when the cars finished spinning, I couldn't tell you how they got there. I saw it, but it was so quick and so fast. Sometimes it's hard to grasp. Is it like that? And so he says, you know, you're just not going to see God. There's another one in First John chapter 4. Verse 11, he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. And so if God loves us, we need to love other people. We don't see God. But the answer that he gives to that is sometimes that God is inside of us or the love of God is inside of us and they can see the love of God that's inside of us. And sometimes they can't see the love of God that's inside of us because we don't act like the love of God is inside of us. And so maybe they need to be a little bit... uh, 
open to those times when we actually get it right, when we do have the love of God inside of us. And that's the closest they're going to get. That's what they're going to be able to see. But none of us is perfect, and none of us does this right all the time. And so they may get another glimpse of us as well. But I think that's what he's trying to get across, is his love is perfected, and we're able to be part of that. And so in that way, we're able to understand God and understand the reflection of God and and who God really is. Well, there are also some other passages, now that I've shown you those, that do describe this relationship with God and about how to be closer to God than what we have been in the past. And so let me go back to Exodus 33, the same passage where we started. And if we look just a few verses above that, where God says, you can't see me, it's very, very interesting to look at how this story develops. So in Exodus 33, start in verse 9, the same thing still all apply as, as, you know, he's trying to lead the people out. And this talks about a tent of meeting that Moses would set up. And he would go outside of the camp to this tent of meeting to be able to meet with God. And when he would go out there, all the people would stand up and watch as Moses went out to the, to this tent of meeting to meet with God. And it says, and when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, and all the people would rise up and worship each, of his, each at his tent door. And thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Okay, that says just the opposite of everything else we said, right? Do you see why sometimes it can get a little bit confusing? And within just a few verses, God is going to say, you can't see my face. But he's already just said, Moses used to go out to this tent and meet God face to face. Contradictions? When we talk about face-to-face, he's describing a relationship. He's describing the way in which Moses interacts with God. And as we talk with each other, there are things that we might share about each other. Sometimes when we, we might tell some personal things because we feel like we want someone to understand us. We want someone to know who we are. We want to be able to share that with them. But we're not sharing everything. There's a few things that might be restricted. But for some people, we're going to share more. And I think it's kind of that setting. And so Moses used to be able to go outside of the camp to this tent, and there was this huge pressure on Moses to be able to find a way to talk about what he has to do and how he has to do it. And so he finds this place where he can meet God. And God talks to him like he's just another guy, like he's a friend. So he can talk about what's going on. He can talk about all the things he's dealing with. Does that mean God does everything Moses says? Well, no, I doubt that that's going to happen. 
But sometimes it's just that conversation. You need that face-to-face interaction. And so you're able to see how he's speaking with him face-to-face as he leads the people. This is just before he asked to see his glory. And so he was asking about a further thing with God, a further view of God. And so I want you to realize that it's not that God is so far away, and we seem to have trouble with that sometimes. Not only that, but let me share a couple of other ones that just that talk about this as well. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 3, Moses is, this is a restatement of all the, the law and the experience as Moses is talking to the people. And he says, not with our fathers did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire, while I stood between the Lord and you at that time, to declare to you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire, but you did not go up into the mountain." And so this is the time at Sinai where God comes down and there is all of the smoke and all of the fire. And I don't know if you've ever been on a mountain when there's a storm going on, but it can be pretty scary up there. And the people are afraid, and so they don't know exactly what to do. And and they say, well, just, we don't want to hear this anymore. Moses, you speak. But God did address them as Moses says here, face to face. Now, was this people who were obedient? Well, some of the time. Kind of like the rest of us, right? Some of the time, sometimes more than others. Not all the time, because all of us make mistakes. And all of us have struggles with this. But he says, you were able to see it face to face, except for you were a little bit afraid, and I can't say I blame them. Do we kind of have that situation today? People get a little bit afraid to go out of the house. Where is it going to be? And some people are like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. But how do we get face to face with God? Didn't Moses say no one had ever seen God? Well, it's describing a difference in relationship. And how God is able to relate with people. Because God did speak to these people face to face as he describes it. It's just a little bit different than the other one, what he was saying. It's not a literal face to face. You don't know how big God's nose is or something like that. It means it was personal. And so we can see how all of this happens. The people heard the Ten Commandments. They didn't always obey God because within 40 days there's going to be a graven image and yeah, you know the rest of the story. As Moses was up there and he talked to God, going back to Exodus 34, the chapter after, he got in the second set of commandments and he comes down. He says, Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. And he came down from the mountain and Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. And Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses and behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. 
But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him. And Moses talked with them. And afterwards, all the people of Israel came near. And he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And Moses had finished speaking with them. He put a veil over his face. Interesting. Moses in a mask. Okay? Yeah, it's in the Bible. There's... Sometimes people had to wear masks, okay? That's just the way it was. But Moses has been with God and does not realize that just being in the presence of God changes him physically. I don't know what it looked like, and I don't know that there's a picture that you could give to say this is what it looks like when your, your face shines, But it did, and so he's able to be in this presence of God, talking with God face to face. He's got the law. He comes back down with it, and everybody's afraid of this change in appearance because of the presence of God. They don't quite know what to do that, but finally they accept, okay. And then after he's finished talking to the people, he puts a veil on. That seems a little backwards, doesn't it? I mean... That's like after the virus is already out, then you put your mask on. Somewhere we've gotten this confused. What he didn't want them to see was that his face was going to fade. It wasn't going to shine anymore. And the further he got from God, the less you could see God's presence. And so it went away. And you were not able to see the effects of being in the presence of God or being in that kind of glory like you could before. And so that's what the veil was for, is so that people wouldn't see it fade away. It was fine for them to see it. He wanted them to see it. But he wore the mask afterwards so they wouldn't see the presence of God fade. Well, what's the point? I know you've been wondering that. See, all the people at home just laughed. (laughs) You need to get as close to God as you can. That's what it's about. To be in His presence if possible. Is it easier to do that at home for you? I've been wondering about this because if everybody comes back, then you've got all the people around you and some are paying attention and some are not and some are doing other things and they're whispering and talking and there's notes and there's babies and there's all kinds of distractions going on and it gets really hard to pay any attention at all. And so for that reason, it might be much easier at home. Now I can finally focus. Or maybe those babies went home with you and you're so glad to be back at church because... It's been hard the whole time. But I want us to be close to God. I want us to be in His presence. I want us to have this whole thing and and to be as close to God as possible. And yes, I think there are different things. And maybe it helps to get out. It helps to get to be back at church and see people who love God and really care about God. And you're able to see the love of God and and the way in which they believe in God and express this. And so now we're able to be back together. And maybe that's a huge encouragement. At least I hope that is. There's one last passage in 2 Corinthians, I think, that 
is important for us to realize in all of this. Because we've been talking about Moses and about this glory of God and can we see him face to face and certainly at some times, yes, we are absolutely able to see God face to face and other times he says, no, nobody's seen God. Second Corinthians has been talking about the Holy Spirit and in chapter 3 and verse 12 he says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Testament, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Moses' ministry, at his face shone. And won't the ministry of the Spirit be with more glory so that our face shines? He put a veil over his face because it wasn't lasting. And he says their minds were hardened and they never saw Jesus in the Old Testament. But Jesus is definitely in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And in Christ that veil is removed so that we are able to come face to face with God. So that we are able to see God as he is. He says the Lord is the spirit and in Christ we are able to be filled with this spirit. We're able to come to God with an unveiled face and see his glory. And I'm sure there's times where it's caught your attention of what God is and about how his glory is. And maybe some of your prayers to God lately have been because of the danger that we see around us. But I hope you get a glimpse of who God is and what God is and how we're able to see him face to face. Not everything. Because he's still going to say, no, nobody's seen God like God is. But there's a, there's a way in which God is with people as he gives them part of his glory and causes their face to shine that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another as we are in the presence of God. And that's what church is about. And that's what we do here. And that's what worship is about, is that face-to-face relationship. And sometimes we are not holy And so we can't really see God or reach God. And sometimes it's just that we don't understand. And we don't have enough information or or something to be able to grasp who God is. But I want you to know it's available always to be able to reach God. As we come back, I think it's most important that this be a celebration And please don't make anybody sick. So be careful about who you touch and how we do it. And yeah, we're still in that. But are we together? Sure, we're together. Is it the same? Kind of. We can wave. Still 
careful who you hug and all that. You have to wear a mask sometimes. Some people are going to wear a mask. Some people are never going to wear a mask. It's all different. But what I want you to realize is that it's the same way with God. Jesus brings us face to face with God. I hope you don't wear a mask with him and try and cover up anything and say, well, God, I don't want you to see this part because a mask is never going to cover up sin, okay? It's never going to do that. It's better to be face to face with God, be able to see who God is. Sometimes it's hard not to be able to hug and not to be able to go back where we were, but Jesus does bring us there. And the glory of God is able to shine, and we are able to be in the presence of God. For the first time in a long time, we have elders here who are able to pray with you. And maybe there's been something in your way where you are not able to come to God. You see him way over there. You see him far off. You see other people where the love of God abides in them and you say, I wish I had that. And you wear your mask more to say, let me cover up myself and I hope nobody sees me here. I'll sit in the pew and hope I'll try and act nice and right, not like I really am because... And Jesus is able to change all of that. He's the Passover lamb from the Old Testament. He is the sacrifice for our sin. He's the one who brings redemption. He's the one who clears a person's heart. He's the one who gives us grace. He is the one who makes us pure. He is the one who takes away anything that would stand between us and God. He's the one who sent the Spirit that it might fill our life so that we are able to be one with Him. And he is the one that makes us able to see God face to face. It's great to see your faces today. We're going to imagine there's some other people out there too. But what a great thing it is to be able to do that. If there's anything standing in between you and God, please take care of that. Talk to one of our elders. Let's pray together.